Welcome to a special replay of The Real Investment Show, pre-recorded earlier this week for rebroadcast at this time. And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show with Lance Roberts. Presented by RIA Advisors. And good morning. Welcome to the show. Of course, it is the hump day edition of The Real Investment Show. Daniel Ratliff joining me this morning to talk a little bit about, well, everything financially related. So we've got a lot of topics to get into this morning. A uh, couple of big pieces of news, of course, as the U.S. is talking about, and, and interestingly enough, right, um, the U.S. is talking about now sanctioning oil in Russia, and of course we've got to now cut a deal with, you know, another dictator down in Venezuela to get oil uh, into the U.S. We need to replace about three million barrels a day. That's the that's the imp that's what we import currently from Russia. Now, two years ago we were exporting oil, and so this is, you know, really kind of the, the change of the environment uh, ever since we started this kind of new woke movement in the country to get rid of that bad oil and gas drilling. Well, now this is why you be careful about, you know, crimping your own supply of stuff. And, and this, is, this is a problem. And this is going to potentially lead, again, analysts right now are forecasting as much as $150 to $300 a barrel in oil. Now, we're never going to get there. Um, you know, these, and as we see this is, is always the case, right? We always have these very huge economic numbers coming out. It's like, we're going to go to $300 to doom and gloom, right? This is just to get you to, you know, click the article, read the headlines, etc. And as we talked about on Monday, make sure that you keep perspective in place, particularly when you have a lot of these headlines just kind of flying around everywhere. Uh, we have we have lived through this now for over two years, one headline to the next, right? It's just been uh, for a year and a half. It was all about COVID every day on on the media, every single day. You know, the number of deaths, we were tracking it person by person. And, you know, we got ourselves wrapped up to this whole big wad of fear they kept us from doing things that is, you know, that creates economic activity, right? And so we impaired the economy by our own actions because we were led into by fear. Now, and ever since now, we've had this war in the Ukraine going on, not nary a one headline on COVID as of lately. COVID has now magically disappeared that we have this war going on in Russia. Just, but again, one fear headline to the next to get you to act in a certain manner. And this is what's happening here, right? And so we're, we're getting wrapped up in fear. Now, oil prices at the pump are, and well, oil prices are going up, gas prices are going up at the pump. Absolutely, that's an inflationary problem. We have solutions for this, but it'll take time to get drilling up. And look, oil and gas drillers in the US will respond to high prices. High prices will drag out more CapEx, more investment, et cetera. You know, the rig counts are going up. We are seeing that activity. So supply will come online. It's just a function of time. And importantly, here we have this you know, news yesterday, and this is, this is always the case, right? I had a lot of people email me yesterday going, oh, I've got to go out and buy, you know, I'm going to go buy you know, oil futures. I'm going to you know, put money in energy stocks yesterday because of this announcement. Because if we ban Russia and Russia supplies, boy, oil prices go through the roof. Well, interestingly enough, oil prices are down this morning by a couple of percent. Now, why is that? We just put a ban on Russian oil. It's always kind of buy the rumor, sell the news in the markets. That's the way things work. People run into these things. And remember that oil prices in particular are all about speculation. Oil prices, as you see them reflected from one day to the next, is all about speculation. It has really very little to do with supply and demand. It is a, a very large chunk of Wall Street trading futures on oil prices and making these bets based on economic events, geopolitical events, etc. That's what moves oil prices. So again, a lot of the run up in oil prices was in anticipation of sanctions being put on Russia. Now that that's occurred, that's now being reversed here. So, so again, look, that doesn't mean oil prices are about to go straight down again, but as we showed yesterday, in particular, 
oil prices had already gotten very extended yesterday. And we were talking about this and actual oil prices sold off yesterday as well. But oil prices were more than three standard deviations above their long-term means. That's unsustainable long-term. Prices had just gotten well ahead of even what reality is based on current supply and demand. Oil prices had just surged that far. So again, not surprising you're gonna see a correction here in oil prices. You're gonna see a correction in commodity prices really across the board, gold, silver, all these other things. You're going to eventually see a correction and a potential correction of magnitude because of the recent run-up, even in things like gold. Gold has had a very big run-up here over the last few days. And again, selling off a bit yesterday after getting what more than three standard deviations above long-term means. Again, exactly the same situation. Gold driven by speculation more than supply and demand. So the point here is simply this, is that headlines are headlines are headlines, but make sure that you're not kind of jumping from the frying pan into the fire by making bad decisions based upon headlines and emotional trading. That's why we always talk about keeping you know, your trading discipline in place, keeping your perspective in place, and not allowing emotions. But look, I'm, I'm emotional just like everybody else, right? I get, I get emotionally stressed out over our clients' portfolios. It's, you know, their money is very important to me. So I, you know, I have emotional biases as well, but it's very difficult sometimes to keep those emotions in check and not go chasing off after some asset because it's running up. Because generally by the time that you recognize the run up, it's too late to chase it. You've already missed the move. And that could very, and this is why, you know, this leads investors to more often than not buying exuberance and selling panic which is exactly the opposite of what they should be doing, as, as, as is generally always the case. So uh, a couple of things, though, we did talk about earlier this week. Again, these headlines, what's happening in Ukraine, they're important, not dismissing those at all. But what's also important here is what's happening economically in the U.S. The National Federation of Independent Business yesterday, now this is the organization that represents small businesses all around the country, Small businesses make up more than 50% of the employment of the country, so very crucially important to overall economic activity. Uh, that, and, and we talked about yesterday that because of all this stuff that's going on, uh, the NFIB was expected, expectations were that there was gonna be an uptick in, in, in small business confidence. As we said yesterday, that was not likely the case. Of course, that was what was the case. We saw small business confidence decline yesterday. But importantly, we also saw some declines in some very important areas of the survey. Wages declined. Expectations of paying higher wages declined. Expectations of selling, right? This, this was the most interesting thing because we've talked about, you know, this lack of liquidity, the reversal of liquidity in the markets after we gave businesses or individuals all this money to go buy stuff in 2020, 2021, that's now gone expectations of sales for small businesses are now back into or near recessionary territory. So everything that you would expect to be happening of what we're seeing economically now uh, is now starting to suggest and small businesses are, are suggesting that we are likely headed to a recession within the next 12 months. And that's, that's honestly what you would expect from what's happening between headlines in the Ukraine and Russia, you know, two years of COVID lockdowns, all these type of things that's impaired economic psychology. And now that we're taking the liquidity support has been removed from the markets. All this is starting to reverse at a time where you have these very large rates of inflationary pressures occurring across oil, gas, food, everything else that impacts the household bottom line. Not surprisingly, that consumer confidence, consumer spending, and consumer attitudes really starting to slow down here. We'll be right back after the break. Lots of stuff to get into this morning with Danny Ratliff as well. Don't go away. Stay tuned for more of this special edition of The Real Investment Show, pre-recorded earlier this week. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's a war being waged on your retirement dollar. And unless you act now, you'll lose the battle with inflation, higher taxes, and a lower standard of living. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating 
Fighting Inflation in Retirement, April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation in retirement with Ratliff and Rosso. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Anyone can sell you insurance, and they'll gladly take your premium dollars. The RIA Insurance Agency can provide you with insurance solutions tailor-made for your needs and lifestyle. Because everyone's assets are different, let RIA Insurance review what you need to protect and how. We won't sell you insurance, but what you need will be a matter of policy. RIA Insurance Agency. 888-915-0780. 888-915-0780. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab. Do you know what you don't know when hiring and retaining quality employees? Compensation is more than just wages. It's personal time off. The vacation days, healthcare benefits, a 401k. Do you know what's important to them? Hi, I'm Tom Allen, RIA Advisors Retirement Plan Consultant. Let us show you how to make the most of an affordable, effective package that will deliver true value for your business and your employees. Call me toll free at 855-RIA-PLAN or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. And now, another page from the Real Investment Advisors Investing Manifesto. Bulls win in bull markets. Bears win in bear markets. Eagles soar above and take advantage of opportunity. Let us help you soar as you reach your financial goals with RIA Advisors. Neither bull nor bear. RIA Advisors, 281-501-1791 or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Welcome to a special replay of The Real Investment Show, pre-recorded earlier this week for rebroadcast at this time. And welcome back to the show this morning. So oil prices, markets, and a big problem for the Fed coming up here. So, you know, we've been talking about inflation over the last, you know, few months here. Obviously, it's been a big headline as you know, inflation surges 7.5%. And again, why do we have inflation? Well, as is always the case, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. And I've actually wrote an article on that this morning. It's on the website talking about inflation, where it comes from, and how it works. But now we have this kind of, you know, this... Um, exogenous event that's going on with this war in Russia, Ukraine, that is shutting off oil supplies, or at least concerns about it at this point. People are, you know, markets are concerned about sanctions on Russian oil. It hasn't happened yet, but people are concerned about it. This morning, uh, news headlines are saying that Saudi Arabia pretty much says they don't care what President Biden thinks. They're going to enjoy high oil prices, and they're probably not going to pump any more oil, All right. So this is contributing to the inflation push in the markets, which is problematic for the Fed because this should push the Fed to hike rates more aggressively. The problem becomes the fact that there's another side of these prices, which is that high oil prices are a tightening of monetary policy. Because, why, again, we go back to talking about why does the Fed hike rates. The Fed hikes rates to remove liquidity from the system. Well, how do you remove liquidity from the system, right? You make things more expensive. I raise the cost of borrowing. Payments go up. That extracts liquidity from the system as people, A, spend more money on debt service, but B, say, well, you know, I'll wait till rates come back down again before I go borrow some more money to buy a house or whatever. So tighter monetary policy is used to slow economic growth, which in turn reduces demand, which in turn reduces inflation. That's just the, the sequence of events, right? You can't just attack inflation. That's not possible. Inflation is a function of too much demand over too little supply, too much money chasing too few goods. That's why... Inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. The problem for the Fed is now is that they want to hike rates 
but monetary policy is is tightening rapidly. In fact, monetary policy is now just about as tight as where we were back in 2018 when the Fed was hiking rates. And yet we're still at zero here. And the Fed wants to hike rates because as they're hiking rates, that slows economic growth. And then as economic growth gets to the point, then the Fed says, okay, now I can lower rates to help stimulate economic growth. The problem is you're at zero. And if you don't raise rates, you've got nowhere to go in the next recession. The problem is, is that high oil prices, and again, I went to, we drove by Costco this weekend and the lines at Costco were just you know, yards, you know, just down the street lined up to get gas. Everybody's trying to get gas before gas prices go up even more. So not surprising, right? Oil prices will be up sharply today. It'll show up at the gas pump in a couple of weeks. And what's interesting is, you know, this is where often we'll start seeing people come out and go, well, we need to boycott ExxonMobil so that, you know, they're just making too much money on oil prices. And, you know, that's, you know, we're just going to boycott ExxonMobil and, you know, don't, you know, don't, uh, don't buy anything from ExxonMobil gas stations because, you know, they're, they're charging too much. They're gouging consumers. ExxonMobil doesn't set the price at the corner gas station, right? <laughs> that's your local neighbor that owns that gas station. And he sets prices according to what the guy across the street is setting prices at. And that's just retail. The problem here, though, is for the Fed, is that this all is slowing economic growth. People are running to the pumps to fill up their cars. They're not buying more gas, as we've talked about before. They're just paying more for it. And that's eating into their ability to buy other stuff. That's slowing monetary movement in the economy. Couple that with already higher interest rates in the 10-year Treasury. Couple that with weak financial markets, which is impacting consumer psychology. Couple that with headlines, you know, every minute in the media about what's going on in the Ukraine and the threat of nuclear war is imminent and headlines of people, you know, record numbers of people lining up to buy bunkers and it's scary, right? So what do people do? They stop spending money. Better hunker down. So what this does is, is this accelerates the pace of the economic slowdown, and yet the Fed hasn't even hiked rates yet. And yet they're already getting the effect that you want, ultimately. And again, we're talking about longer term here now. Again, we've talked about this before, is that high prices are a cure for high prices. So oil prices are going up. Inflation will follow, obviously. But at some point, you crimp off demand and prices begin to fall. So this is, this is the problem that we've got going on now, which is, for the Fed, is intractable at this point. So, you know, the problem here is that if we began to hike interest rates and if we began to raise the cost of borrowing money we're going to have a sharp a very sharp correction domestically in economic growth and this is just where we're headed to right now and so this becomes a problem for kind of everything else that feeds into the economy you know it, there's an interesting indicator to look at if you take a look at unemployment as a good example Unemployment, on, so on Friday we had the jobs report. Jobs report was very strong, 600,000 plus jobs. Unemployment rate down into the threes, right? And you go, wow, the economy's booming, right? We are going on all cylinders here. Uh, we've got unemployment rate below 4%, pretty amazing. That's a very interesting indicator. Because when you have near or at record lows of unemployment, which is where we are. That is actually pre-recessionary. Now, this is, everybody just was like, what? You have record levels or record low levels of unemployment or record high levels of employment just prior to the onset of a recession. 
Why is that? Because that's actually a form of monetary tightening in this manner, right? What's going on with wages, right? Everybody's, everybody's getting a job. If you want a job, you go out and get a job. And people are job hopping right now. Why? Because wages are going up. Well, if wages are going up, what's that doing to profit margins for business? What's that doing for you know, inflationary pressures, et cetera? Those are all accelerating. So that's, that's impacting the cost of goods and services that get passed back on to consumers. So this is, this is all part and parcel of this monetary tightening. Record low unemployment is a part of monetary tightening. I know that seems counterintuitive, but this is all a function about cost and what impacts the economic, or I should say the speed of economic activity. So as we, as we you know, wheat prices surging right now, which means the cost of bread and everything made out of wheat is going to cost you more at the, gas sta- at the grocery store. Oil price is going up, more price, you know, more cost there. All the all these areas are extracting capital from the consumer and reducing their ability to spend in the economy. And remember, you know, it's interesting. We talk about high oil prices, and we go, well, oil prices are high. Oil prices are good because oil companies will spend more on capex in order to drill more for oil. That's true, and that's actually a a, a plus. For the GDP calculation, the problem is is that business investment and capex into into the GDP GDP calculation is actually a very small little factor versus consumption, which is 70% of the calculation. You could could triple (laughs) business investment and capex, but if the consumer is slowing drastically, it's not going to matter. And that's the big component here. We're so dependent now on consumption to drive economic growth that these factors, high oil prices, high inflation, jobs, all those type of things, factor very quickly into a slower economic environment. That's the challenge for the Fed going forward. This is... The, the problem for the Fed is that they're very close to being trapped at zero, which is a terrible place for a central bank to be. Be right back after the break. The Real Investment Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's a war being waged on your retirement dollars. And unless you act now, you'll lose the battle with inflation, higher taxes, and a lower standard of living. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combat inflation and retirement with Ratliff and Rosso real anyone can sell you insurance and they'll gladly take your premium dollars the RIA insurance agency can provide you with insurance solutions tailor-made for your needs and lifestyle because everyone's assets are different let RIA insurance review what you need to protect and how we won't sell you insurance but what you need will be a matter of policy RIA Insurance Agency. 888-915-0780. 888-915-0780. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab. And now, 
Another page from the Real Investment Advisors Investing Manifesto. A passive investment portfolio requires active risk management. It's not a choice, it's necessity. Diversification doesn't protect against risk of loss. Let us actively help you reach your financial goals with RIA Advisors. Neither bull nor bear. RIA Advisors. 281-501-1791 or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. Can't catch the whole show now? Listen to our podcast later at realinvestmentadvice.com. Talked about how we grew up, mm-hmm. right? You know, we didn't have Google. If you didn't know the answer, you just were stupid. That's what I read growing up was reading encyclopedias. The Real Investment Show podcast. This is why I have a, 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 a masterful collection of useless information. So, <laughs> Same show, your schedule. I know all kinds of stuff that has no relevance to anything. At realinvestmentadvice.com. You know a little about a lot. <laughs> I do. Small businesses are discovering that attracting and retaining top talent come down to more than just salary. In today's highly competitive job market, compensation is more than just wages. Hi, I'm Tom Allen, RIA Advisors Retirement Plan Consultant. Healthcare and retirement plans can make the difference in hiring and retaining the best employees. We can show you how to build an affordable, effective employment package that delivers true value for your workers and your business. Call me toll-free at 855-RIA-PLAN or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. Real Investment Show podcasts are now available from Stitcher Smart Radio at stitcher.com. Hi, Lance Roberts here. If you're like most people, your 401k plan represents the bulk of your retirement assets. And unfortunately for many, managing your 401k plan can be difficult. There's so many choices, so many things to consider. With just a quick email, a couple of questions, you can put RIA Advisors to work for you managing your 401k plan. It's a quick and easy application. Just simply click Ask a Question at realinvestmentadvice.com or give us a call at 855-RIA-PLAN. That's realinvestmentadvice.com. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston, Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation in retirement, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Welcome to a special replay of The Real Investment Show, pre-recorded earlier this week for rebroadcast at this time. And welcome back to the show this morning. So last night, my uh, wife is doing her usual kind of roundup of the day events. And she, you know, informed me that we can no longer buy Pepsi products in our household because they have not pulled out of Russia. Right. So they are still selling product in Russia. And that's, you know, that's just shouldn't be the case. McDonald's, too, by the way. As I waited a couple of minutes, you know, a couple of heartbeats, and I said, you know, I'm really thinking we should go get some uh, tacos at Taco Bell this weekend. (laughs) She's like, yeah, that sounds good. I go, yeah, they're Pepsi. (laughs) She's like, never mind. I go, okay, how about Kentucky Fried Chicken? She's like, okay. It was like, nope, owned by Pepsi. (laughs) So, you know, you got to be, this is the problem with, you know, these, uh, you know, these kind of things that we get into. And we talked a little bit about this uh, yesterday is that, you know, you, you, it, it sounds good in theory that we're going to boycott certain companies because of this, that, or the other thing. And, and you know, when oil prices are high, there's typically always somebody that comes out and says, we need to boycott ExxonMobil. Stop going to their gas stations to fill up with gas. You're not hurting ExxonMobil, right? You're hurting the guy that owns that retail store, right? That, that's your neighbor. And it's the same thing with a lot of these restaurants and restaurant chains and other things is that they may be owned by the evil corporations, but in a lot of cases, these are franchisees. These are your neighbors that own these restaurants and that's their livelihood. And so when you're boycotting Pepsi, as an example, you're not necessarily hurting Pepsi, you're hurting your neighbor. So it's, it's important the important part about this conversation is make sure you know what you're boycotting, right? And that you're not hurting your neighbor by trying to make a, a virtuous statement. And this is the whole problem with this whole virtual, you know, this virtue signaling we've been tied up in for the last, you know, couple of years on this woke movement. It all sounds great in theory, but you're in a lot of cases, 
you're hurting your neighbors. You're not hurting the companies. And it's just, um, just something to remember. So b- before you go boycott something, make sure you know what you're boycotting and make sure you're actually, you know, having an impact on the company, right? <laughs> you know, I'm not going to buy Apple stock. Okay, Apple doesn't care if you buy their stock or not. It has no, no bearing on Apple's outcome, whether or not you personally own Apple stock, right? Or ExxonMobil stock or whatever it is. This is, and we talked about this before because, you know, all these uh, pension funds, hedge funds, ETFs are like, well, we're not going to own energy companies. You know, they're bad. These bad energy companies are polluting the atmosphere, so they ejected them all out of their portfolio just in time for them to have the biggest run they've had in decades. So, you know, and that's typically the way it always works. It always works that way. In 2020, oil company, nobody wanted to own oil companies. They were bad and they were underperforming and nobody wanted to own them because of the whole pandemic economic shutdown. And we said in November 2020, we're like, hey, we're buying oil stocks. And, you know, it's been a good thing. You know, but this is the part about investing is that you've got to set all that stuff aside and go, what is it that I'm really trying to do? I'm trying to make money. That's what I'm trying to do. And so set all the personal emotional stuff aside. And if you want to, if you want to be green, plant a tree. If you want to impact a company, make sure that you're impacting the company and not your neighbor. Because... Yes, if we all put our neighbor out of business because we want to try to impact ExxonMobil, ExxonMobil doesn't care if you put the retail store out of business. You hurt your neighbor and his family, and you probably hurt the neighborhood, but you didn't hurt ExxonMobil at all. Those just open another station somewhere else. They don't care, right? So these are the things to think about. Just you know, kind of keep these things in perspective. And I know that we that we want to be active and we want to do things. And, you know, there's ways to do that. Like vote for a really good politician for a change. <laughs> be a good idea. That would help a lot. Um, and that goes for both aisles, right and left, by the way. Um, anyway, so... The, the couple of things here as we, you know, as we kind of, you know, get into this morning. Now, futures are pointing up this morning. Now, it was a tough day yesterday. And as I said, you know, we did break important support. And I want to try to keep this in perspective because there is risk to the downside here. But a lot of that near-term risk has been run out by the selling, right? We've had just four straight days, you know, almost just four straight days of just selling pressure. So, you've wrung out a lot of that real negative sentiment. So you're likely going to get a bounce. And as we've been talking about and doing, you know, every time we have these bounces, we reduce equity risk and, you know, we take some stuff off the table and we're going to do the same thing again this time. And we're just going to keep doing this. Every time we have these failed counter trend rallies, we're just going to keep reducing equity risk. And eventually we'll run out of equities to de-risk, but you know, that's okay. That's kind of the point because as we work through this, eventually we're going to rally and then break out of this downtrend. And then we're going to know at that point, now it's time to start adding equity risk back onto the table. But we're not there yet. So, you know, and this is, you know, so as we talked about repeatedly, be careful here because oil prices, gold prices, metal prices, wheat prices, commodity prices, they're all surging, right? They're all showing up on the radars. Everybody wants to pile in and own this stuff, but you're way late to that game. You're way late to that trade. So if you buy the stuff, it's fine. You're likely going to make money here in the short term. Just don't forget to sell it. And as is always the case, it's the point of buying is easy. Selling is the hard part. And it's important that you understand kind of where you are in the dynamic that this will change. It is un. This is literally unsustainable because the higher these commodity prices go, these commodity prices are dependent on supply and demand. And when you cramp the economy because of high prices, and as we've said here on the show over the last couple of weeks, the the, the best cure for high prices is high prices. 
So we are going to get a reversion. Those reversions historically tend to be fairly rapid. They're not gentle declines. The run-ups are, are fairly gentle in mo most cases. It's kind of the sloping, you know, 75-degree angle to the upside. The declines tend to be 90-degree vertical drops. Uh, and that's just the way commodity prices are. They're very volatile. They're very risky. And they don't give you a lot of warning. It's when the end comes, you wake up one morning and oil prices will be down $20. That's going to be your signal. And if you bought it near the peak, you're going to go, okay, well, as soon as you get back to where I bought it, I'll sell it. It's never going to see that number again. That's the way these reversions occur. The reversions happen just as fast as they run up. They run down faster. There's an old saying on Wall Street about bull markets and bear markets. Bull markets are like taking the escalator and bear markets are the elevator. Stair, you know, stair, staircase up, elevator down. That's the way oil prices are like on steroids. <laughs> and it is simply that function. Because once it impacts the economy and the economy halts, that cycle, remember, oil prices are a, a small function of supply and demand. A huge function of the price of oil is people speculating on the price of oil. It's just, it's non-commercial speculators in the markets, you know, the big hedge funds, institutions, et cetera, that are buying these futures contracts to gamble that's the best word for it, on higher prices. And so when somebody finally holds their hand up and goes, I'm out, everybody goes, I'm out at the same time, and prices get crushed. And then you're sitting there holding the bag going, well, as soon as it gets back to where it was, I'll, I'll sell it. it. You won't see that for a long time, if ever. So just keep that in mind. Just just remember you're playing with a very if you're if you're long commodity companies, if you're long uh energy if you know long energy stocks, if you're long anything in that category, gold, it's okay. You're likely going to make money with it here in the short term. Just again, as I said, don't forget to sell because these things do revert very 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 quickly. One thing that's uh, also going to come up, and we'll, we'll pick up on this in the next break, and we have an article on it out this morning, is talking about the earnings reversion that we are facing. And this is something that we've talked about quite a few times, that earnings estimates are way too high. They've got to come down. And what's happening right now with oil prices and energy prices and all that stuff feeds right into those profit margins of these companies. And estimates were already at record deviations from, from means that we've never seen before in history. Everybody was way over exuberance of this. And now, because of what's happening with energy prices, we're about to see a very sharp correction in these estimates and that's going to impact corporate prices as well later this year be right back we'll talk about that after the break don't go away Investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's a war being waged on your retirement dollars. And unless you act now, you'll lose the battle with inflation, higher taxes, and a lower standard of living. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free 
workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation and retirement with Ratliff and Rosso. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Anyone can sell you insurance and they'll gladly take your premium dollars. The RIA Insurance Agency can provide you with insurance solutions tailor-made for your needs and lifestyle. Because everyone's assets are different, let RIA Insurance review what you need to protect and how. We won't sell you insurance, but what you need will be a matter of policy. RIA Insurance Agency. 888-915-0780. 888-915-0780. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab. What worries you about your money? Enhance your financial success with RIA Advisors' free financial planning tool, MyBlocks. It's our online modular manager for your money and your life. Does your vision of retirement match up to reality? MyBlocks can help to determine how much you'll need and how you can achieve. Create your own personal financial vision for the next decade with MyBlocks, our free tool at RIAAdvisors.com. Click on the Client Portal tab, RIAAdvisors.com. And now, another page from the Real Investment Advisors Investing Manifesto. Manage risk and volatility rather than trying to manage gains. You don't have to be right all the time. Long-term investing success is a 70% gain. Let us help you reach your financial goals with RIA Advisors. Neither bull nor bear. RIA Advisors. 281-501-1791 or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment show welcome to a special replay of the real investment show pre-recorded earlier this week for rebroadcast at this time and welcome back to the show this morning so just for the break just talking a little bit about you know retirement savings and you know the problem is is that it's not that people don't want to save for retirement you know the thing that really kind of you know, bugs me a bit is these kind of armchair articles that are out there that are just like, oh, if you just save, you know, $25 a day or whatever it is, you'll have X amount of dollars. And again, it all sounds great. It requires you to get 6% annually every year, no changes to inflation, no, you know, recessions, you know, no market downturns, you know, those type of things. And that's why, you know, when you go back and, and look at reality uh, of statistics, and yes, part of it is, to Danny's point exactly, is that Americans have very bad financial habits. We don't teach good financial habits. We don't teach, you know, it's, it's interesting. My wife and I had this conversation is that, you know, when we were going through school, we were talking to our kids about this because all of our kids just, you know, type with like two fingers. They're very fast, right? But they type with like two fingers. And my wife and I were talking about is that, you know, when I was in high school, my mom required me to go take a typing class, which was the best thing she ever did, because you know? I know how to type. And you know, and, and you know, we taught our, you know, our parents taught kids, you know, back then, you know, important skills: how to balance a checkbook, why you don't use credit card debt, you know, these type of things. And we don't teach kids that. And, you know, Danny had a good conversation about this the other day, talking about, you know, going to the arcade with his kids and, you know, going to give them a bunch of quarters so they see when they run out of quarters, but nobody takes quarters anymore. So, you know, it's criminal. It's just, you know, you slide a card and, and it's not, and this is the problem with debit cards, right? And, and, you know, it irritates my daughter when we go places. I still pay cash for stuff for the simple reason that I, you know, it reminds me. When I run out of cash, I've got to go down to the bank. I've got to get more cash. So it slows my slows my roll, so to speak, on spending money. And my daughter just irritates her because it takes so long. You know, people trying to figure out how to make change and stuff, which, which is also another entirely fun thing to watch is to go to a store and watch people make change. They have no idea how to Everybody's do Everybody's behind him at the grocery store. Come on, boomer. I know, right, right. But there's, I'm trying to teach my kids lessons, but, you know, it, it, it doesn't sink in. They're like, Dad, just use a credit card, right? But, and, and you know, despite the fact I'm trying to teach them good lessons, it's, it's, you know, society, advertising, everything you see on television, right? Just put it on your credit card. It'll be fine. And by the way, put it on your credit card. We're going to give you points. They don't tell you about all the other crap that goes along with the points so called interest That's <laughs> at 20%. Well, that, that's the thing, too, is like you can use a lot of these things to your advantage, like those points, but mm -hmm. you have to pay it off each and every month. So then you get to just describe a whole other equation, 
you know, with the kids of like, okay, well, here's how you would do this, mm-hmm. which right now for mine, they have no idea. They don't still don't understand that. Um, you know, like I think I told you they were looking at play sets one time and, you know, the little guy said, Hey, we're the guys, the guys, <laughs> the guys with the truck, what truck well, with my play set. I'm like, wait a second. We looked at it out online. Right. They did it. He did it again the other day with Legos. I'm like, no, that's not how this works. Right. Best thing talking about typing my, my young, no middle one a couple of days ago, actually I was typing doing something. He's like, man, you could do that fast. He's like, but how come the alphabet's all screwed up on there? (laughs) (laughs) I said, man, that's a good point, buddy. We'll talk about that someday. Exactly. But so, but where we left off in the, in the point about uh, the small segue is that we left off talking about stimulus checks. And, you know, unfortunately we have also taught bad financial habits to Washington now. And, you know, while Americans have terrible financial habits, they don't save money, they live well beyond their means. In fact, you know, I run a, a, a piece of analysis called the spending gap. Prior to 1990, income and savings supported the cost of living. In other words, you, you could actually, out of your income and what you had in savings, you could pay for your cost of living on an inflation-adjusted basis. Beginning in 1990, it then required debt in addition to your income and savings, to pay for that standard of living. Today, there's about a $16,000 annual gap between income and wages and savings and your cost of living. And a big chunk of that has to go on to debt every year. So people are just compounding debt every single year to keep up with just the cost of living. And this is why we have record credit card debt, why we have record debt you know, for consumers, period, because of that inability to keep our lifestyle <laughs> within the confines of our income. But this has also become a problem in Washington. And uh, the unfortunate lesson that we taught politicians in 2020 was that giving out free money was good for them politically. So to your point, Danny, is that, yeah, stimulus checks may be gone for the moment, but you can almost guarantee that in the next economic downturn, the first thing that politicians are going to resort to is sending out checks to households again because they got a lot of political benefit from that. It was terrible for the economy. It created this inflationary surge. Well, But politically, it was good for them in the short run. Hey, midterms are coming up. Yep. My bet is, is that they're going to fight inflation with more checks. And so they're going to fight inflation with more inflation, essentially. Correct. I don't know if they'll get that done before midterms, though. Wouldn't surprise well, me if they tried. No, it won't surprise me if they tried, but, you know, Bill Back Better yeah. seems to have have died its eventual death. Yeah. So, and that was and that was actually a good thing because that would have created a lot more inflation. Um, I don't know if there's enough political goodwill at this point to do another round of stimulus checks unless the economy is in tough. A well, tough position. we had this inflation problem prior to this war overseas yeah. that was created partly because of these checks. Yeah. And and it wouldn't surprise me to see them do it again. I, no, I, I'm not arguing with you. Yeah. It's uh, they're, they're coming. It's a question of what triggers it, right? Correct. You know, do you need an economic downturn? Do you need financial instability? Do you need what, what do you need? But there's there's some trigger point here that the first thing politicians will go back to is what seemed to have worked previously. And what seemed to have worked previously is giving people money, even though they will completely forget about the part that it causes inflation. A lot of it. Because as we talked about on Monday, and we have an article on the website right now about inflation and saying, you know, no corporations are not, they're not greedy corporations are not creating inflation. It's simply that inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. And all the only people that can print money is Washington, D.C. That's right. So how long can this inflation last? High prices are a cure for high prices, my friend. But, you know, so we had high prices already, right? We had mm-hmm. corporations coming out and their, their forward guidance talking about, hey, we've raised prices so many times this year. We likely, we don't feel like we're going to be able to continue to pass that on. Well, they uh, can't already. The consumer. So what happens now, though? So, you, I mean, you start looking across the globe. I mean, commodity prices are through the roof. Mm-hmm. You've got, I was reading some articles about just all of the ships at, or barges that are stuck in the Black Sea. They can't, you know, you, you get 30% of the world's grain and wheat from from Russia and Ukraine. You also get about 16% of all of the corn, which I didn't know that, mm-hmm. uh, from Ukraine. 
And we're not getting that anywhere. That's just a small portion of, of you know, bigger picture. Here. Right, right. No, um, Ukraine is one of the, you know, Ukraine, Russia, et cetera. They're kind of the breadbasket of Europe. So, you know, there's a lot of a, a lot of commodities that come from those two countries that are getting impacted. Look, I mean, you, you know, inflation will cure itself because when you get into a recession, what what is inflation? It's too much demand mm-hmm. and too little supply. Right. That, that is all inflation is. Eventually, two things happen. One, demand falls. Two, supply rises. Even if supply remains the same and demand falls, prices will come down. But supply will rise. We will eventually get past whatever this is. Um, either we'll turn, you know, oil producers will start producing more oil in the U.S. There, you know, there was a very interesting debate between a reporter and Jen Psaki yesterday at, at the White House. And she was trying to defend the fact that you know, the rise in oil prices has only been a function of, of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, right? Which is obviously not the case. Oil prices were they were going <laughs> up way before then. Yeah, they were going up way before then. But the point is, is that at some point, high prices will draw in more supply. Producers are going to produce. They'll be more inclined. Exactly. So as price, as supply rises and as demand falls, inflation will fall. And in fact, probably by this time next year, we're going to be having this conversation on the show talking about when is disinflation going to stop disinflating. So, so speak to that just a tad bit. So yep. disinflation versus deflation, deflation, right? So disinflation is a little bit different than deflation because it means you still have inflation, but it's, it's just less. lower than what it was. Yeah. Right. So basically, the, it, it's, you have inflation, right? Prices are going mm-hmm. up. Then you have prices declining. So that's disinflation. Yep. So inflation's coming down, but it's still positive inflation. Negative inflation is deflation, right? So when you actually yep. have negative year-over-year changes, that's where you start having deflation. And that will occur also. As we get into 2023, we will probably be talking about deflation here on the show. We'll be talking about interest rates back below 1% and those type of things. That's coming, and that'll be coincident with a recession whenever that sets in. Again, timing of all this is very negligible because things change. We have a very fluid environment, you know, changes to what's happening in Russia, change to Fed policy, change to political policy can contract or expand the time frame to these next economic events, but they are coming. And it's just and they're almost kind of baked into the to the deck right now that it will happen unless something dramatically changes. But this is again, this is why as we've talked about before, making a one-sided bet on something is generally not a good way to go because things do change and they have a really bad habit of changing exactly when you make your investment in the other direction. Just like these headlines, <laughs> just like day-to-day markets right now. Mm-hmm. One day the next. Yeah. Sold out yesterday thinking markets were going lower over sanctions. Yeah, you'd be wrong. Market's up 500 points this morning on the Dow. That's, that's the whole point. Makes no sense whatsoever. But this is the environment we're in. All right, that wraps up the show for today. Danny, thank you so much for joining, as always. Uh, Michael Leewood's here tomorrow. We'll be talking about our bet on the Fed because that meeting is coming up next week. Uh, Be sure and get by the website. In the meantime, realinvestmentadvice.com. Mike's latest article is out this morning talking about gas prices and economic recessions. That's on the website now. Um, While you're there, send us your questions, comments, emails. Been getting a lot of emails, a lot of comments lately. Glad to answer them. Send them on our way, realinvestmentadvice.com. See you back here tomorrow. There's a war being waged on your retirement dollars. And unless you act now, you'll lose the battle with inflation, higher taxes, and a lower standard of living. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation in retirement with Ratliff and Rosso. Real investmentadvice.com.